and welcome to On A Lighter Note podcast, a place to learn all about perinatal mental health. I'm your host, Frankie, a peer support worker from Light. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today I'm chatting with Tina. Tina, we are colleagues and work together at Light. Both of us are peer support workers and we've wanted to record this podcast for a while, haven't we? And we've both sort of discussed a lot about how important it is to talk about pregnancy after loss and miscarriage in general as well. Um, So we wanted to sort of share our experiences, didn't we, about that. So thank you for willingly doing this with me. That's fine. (laughs) Um, So yeah, what, tell, tell me more about your experience, your experience with loss or fertility. So I have lost four babies. I lost mm. four babies before I got pregnant and carried full term with my little boy. Um, I struggled to get pregnant. I couldn't get pregnant and then when I did, I lost my babies and I didn't know why it was happening. Mm. There wasn't any help available. No. And I was told, you know, that you have to lose three babies before mm. you can get um, referred to the Recurrent Miscarriage Association. And I actually got a phone call from them when I was 28 weeks pregnant with Joseph. Right. Um, but that was obviously not the right time yeah. for me to pursue that then. Yeah. Um, I was already struggling with being pregnant after the losses. Mm. And I didn't want to put any more pressure on myself. No. Yeah. I think people talk about miscarriage more now, which I think is great. We do mm. need to talk about miscarriage and break the taboo of miscarriage and baby loss. Yeah. But I think we don't talk enough about how hard it is no. to be pregnant no. after losing a baby. Mm. I didn't, I couldn't accept that I was pregnant. I couldn't accept my baby was well. I didn't enjoy being pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So in similar ways to you, I lost three babies before I went on to have my two children. Um, so five pregnancies altogether, but two babies to see. And that's, I find that really hard. You know, every time you go, when you're pregnant and you go for a scan or for an antenatal check or whatever, and like the midwife's like, oh, is it your first baby? Yeah. Uh, or, oh, you know, have you got, or how many times have you been pregnant before? And like saying the words like, you know, oh, this is my fourth pregnancy or this is my fifth pregnancy really like reminded me how, but I only have one baby or I have no babies, <clears throat> even though I've had these pregnancies that felt hard to say. And obviously they, they're asking because they need to know these things, but that was really like, yep, just reminding you that you lost all these babies again. And that was really hard. Um, yeah. Slightly different to you, mine were back to back, my losses but like it took me quite a while to fall pregnant and then like once I'd cracked that I was pregnant a lot so all of my three losses were in one year and my fourth like my baby um, my oldest daughter she was still within that year as well she wasn't born in that year but I fell pregnant with her in that year so and I think the way I dealt with it was right we've lost this baby on to the next and I never gave myself time. I avoided a lot of it. Didn't know I was doing this, but now on reflection I was. And it was like, right, next. And I was terrified each pregnancy. And on that fourth pregnancy, which was the baby that I got, I 
remember reading. So, well, I'd said to my husband, we'll have one more go. And if this doesn't work, we're done. Like, I'm not doing this again. I can't put myself and my body through it. And then I remember reading something that was saying, obviously loss just puts this huge shadow over the experience of pregnancy. And you can spend that pregnancy terrified, full of anxiety, just not even being able to engage and accept that you're pregnant because if you accept it, then what if you, it doesn't work and, you know. And it was sort of saying like, give, let yourself have the opportunity to enjoy it you're going to still have anxiety and worry and you're going to be scared. But like, what if this is the one? Like, what if, you know, we have all these like, what if I lose the baby? What if, what if I go and wipe in this bud? What if, you know, I start to feel unwell? What if I, you know, whatever. But then it was like, but what if this is the one? Like, allow yourself to enjoy it because this might be yeah. the one. And that was the first time I'd like allowed myself to accept it and try and enjoy it. And even if it, ended in miscarriage, at least I tried to really enjoy the moment, which is like easier said than done. I think that is my biggest regret over being pregnant with Joseph because I loved him mm. and I knew I was pregnant, mm. but I just never for once, not even for a few seconds, took for granted that I was going to come out of that journey with a baby at the end. Yeah. That was never... I don't know if you have this. I still don't put a connection between a positive pregnancy test and a baby. They are two separate things in my head. Yeah. Being pregnant doesn't mean no. a baby in my head. No, and do you know what I find? That I have that same thought about other people. Mm. You know, that for lots of people that don't struggle to get pregnant or carry a baby or to mm. have babies and lots you know I've got friends and I've got lots of babies mm. I've got a friend she's got six children mm. um she's never struggled to get pregnant or yeah. to carry a baby to term or anything but every time she announced one of her pregnancies mm. I was like how do people have this mindset yeah that they're pregnant and they're coming out of this with a baby you know when people would announce pregnancies would that scare you for them because I felt like that. I used to think, oh, don't tell anyone because, which is ridiculous. And that was the stigma yeah. that I, you know, that a lot of us have of like, oh God, but when you're heartbroken, you've got to tell them, you know, what's happened. Like, And it's funny because I've had my two daughters since my losses and I've done them very differently. But I remember thinking like, oh my God, don't tell anyone. Wait, wait, wait. And I don't, you know, that was just my mindset at the time. But I was scared for them. And I used to think, you yeah. don't know what you need to be scared of, but I know. Because you've been there. Yeah, which is like not, you know, you don't want to frighten your friends who are like no, but you in don't this lovely put place. No, experience on them either. No. I, I definitely did. I was scared for them. I just, for me, it was very much, you know, I, I didn't understand mm. just how they knew that it was okay. Yeah. They were, you know. Yeah. I do try to change my mindset a lot now. I do mm. still have those thoughts when someone particularly mm. close to me announces a pregnancy. Mm. But I do try to challenge myself and think that, you know, miscarriage is only one in four and what about mm. the other three? Yeah. And that mm. if they do need support after a loss, is it better that they've told people they're yeah, pregnant so that absolutely. they can get that support? Yeah. Because I was in, when I, before my last, miscarriage I was planning on calling my mum 
and telling her that I was pregnant. I'd already known that I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. And instead, I called her and I said, I'm supposed to be calling you to tell you that I was having a baby. But I'm actually calling to tell you that I've lost a baby. Mm -hmm. And that is so hard. Mm -hmm. And for mm -hmm. me, my family didn't understand how I felt. Yeah. They got no concept at all that... For me, this was a devastating loss. Even mm -hmm. now, they knew about my other miscarriages, yeah. that this wasn't the first time, you know. It was just sort of, they sort of expected me to just pick myself up and get mm -hmm. on with things and be mm -hmm. like, oh, well, you know, never mind. Yeah. That was really hard. Yeah. And I think it's, especially when that comes from those people that you don't expect that, you expect the support and the care and the, complete understanding and empathy you don't expect it to be sort of swept under the rug and everyone's moved on and you're sat there going hang on I'm not okay I don't yeah. know if it's a generational thing I don't know I think my experience of family uh so we I'm trying to think we did tell family members the second pregnancy um which we lost we did tell some family members and some close friends that we were pregnant. And then we hadn't told them about the first loss, but we told them on that one. We'd never told anyone that we'd lost a baby. We'd just, oh, we're pregnant, our mums and dads and our brothers. And then I always say, like, we had to untell them. Like, and, and for me, my second was a missed miscarriage. So my first and my third were chemical pregnancies. I was pregnant and then I bled at home, spontaneously bled. Um, Whereas my second miscarriage was a missed miscarriage so I had no bleeding I had no signs of miscarriage we went for a scan I'd live I was living abroad so I wasn't under NHS care um so the way it was sort of done out there you go for scans a bit earlier and I'd been for a scan everything looked fine I went two weeks later and there was no heartbeat for baby so that's when we sort of found out that we'd lost the baby um so then making those phone calls and I I didn't I thought miscarriage was bleeding that was the only understanding I had. If you miscarry a baby, you're pregnant and then you bleed and you pass the baby. And that was my extent of miscarriage. I didn't I didn't know what a missed miscarriage was. So when they said to me, there's no heartbeat, I just thought I couldn't understand what that meant. And then it was like, okay, go home. And I was like, what? what? Like, so how do we get this baby out? Or what you know, I just it was so baffling to me, like that uh, that this was happening. It was yeah, it was very strange and bizarre. So then making those phone calls, that was really hard because we rang my mum, and my mum, I could see her face, I could see a heartbreak on her face, and my heart broke for her seeing her daughter lose a baby, and then she told me about her loss, and I knew my mum had had a loss between me and my brother. But I didn't really know the ins and outs of it. And she told me she lost a baby at 22 weeks. So she had to birth that baby. And that just broke me even more. And I understood why she was telling me. Because she wanted to sort of share an experience and, you know, give me some empathy and understanding. But if I'm honest, like, that really wasn't helpful in that moment. Because all I did was think, I'm heartbroken for me. And now I'm so heartbroken for you that that happened to you. And then we rang my partner's mom. I saw her face when we told her just break down. 
And then she told me about her loss and her loss, her experience was she had got a positive pregnancy test, no issues, no bleeding, no problems, went at 12 week scan, there was no baby there. And I thought, oh God, how heartbreaking must that have been? And then my heart broke for her. And again, she was telling me to be really supportive and understanding and I get it and I've been there. And, but I just felt really sad for both of them. And it wasn't really useful in that moment. I think that would have been useful maybe later down the line. And they were trying to be so sort of there for us. And we lived abroad. We were nowhere near home. We didn't, no one knew where we were living. We didn't have support sort of physically around us. But I think that was a really difficult situation. And as much as it's, it helped me talk about it down the line with both my mother-in-law and my mum, in the moment that was really hard to sort of realise, you know, not only have, I'm not the only person in the world to feel like this can be really nice to know you're not the only one. But in that moment, I just thought, oh my gosh, they've had awful experiences. I'm so sorry for you. And I'm also really sorry for me. And that was hard. Yeah, because you're carrying their sadness as well. Yeah. Like, as you know. Yeah. yeah. I, didn't, I can't relate to that because, like I say, my experience was completely different. Yeah. My mum had not struggled to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. I've got three brothers and sisters. She, yeah. you know, she's not struggled to get pregnant to carry to term. Um, she couldn't relate at all mm. to what I was going through. There was, there wasn't even any sympathy. No. And I really struggled for that. Yeah. Because I was. You needed. You need that. Yeah, because for me this was a devastating loss that I really felt, and a baby. Yeah. All my babies were wanted and longed yes. for. Yes. Yeah. And I felt every little bit of that loss yeah. and then the grief. But it wasn't seen like that by no. anybody else. Nobody no. else recognised. No. And I think that is still something that we struggle a lot with. Yeah. We're talking more about it, but there's still not enough yeah. understanding about yeah. what this does to a woman, mm -hmm. to a woman's partner. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if... I hadn't got children at that point in time, yeah. but if you've told your children that you're having a baby, yeah. Yeah. it must be so hard. Yeah. And both of our experiences of loss are before we went on to have our children. So we haven't had that experience of having a child, then going on to have a loss. And I'm sure there's so much around that that needs to be talked about as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's really heartbreaking in the grief that you feel is just intense and I still grieve for those babies mm -hmm. like I still think about those babies and p particularly the the second loss you know the due date is really hard for me every year and I remember thinking like it's like it never happened like these babies that were there that were mine are just gone and it's like they were never there but not in me they're so present in me, but to the world, there's there was no indication other than, you know, at the doctors, if they ask me how many pregnancies I had, I'll say five, but I have two children. That's the only time it ever gets like thought about or mentioned or whatever. And um, I bought a ring actually with the birthstone of that baby's Judith. And I don't wear it anymore, but that was something I felt like I needed a tangible thing. Like that's what I needed in that moment. And I know not everyone like might go down that route, but that helped me a little bit. And even though I'm so sad on that day every year, and I think about how old that baby would have been, I I don't know, I needed something tangible to be like, it, it was real. 
yeah, you would, yeah, you could associate it with the baby and it makes, mm. it, it, it's like your way of, you know, knowing that your baby existed. Mm. Did you ever have names for your babies? Only for one. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, that was not something that I did of my own accord. Mm. So after my third loss, I sought out counselling, yeah. um, which I had to, I act. Mm. And the lady that I spoke to asked me if I'd thought about if my baby was a girl or a boy, mm -hmm. because I didn't know, I wasn't mm -hmm. able to yeah. find out. Um, and I'd said that I, I'd felt yeah. that this baby was a girl. Um and yeah, and I did name her. Um I didn't name any of my mm. other losses. Mm. My last loss was a missed miscarriage, which yeah. I'd never yeah. encountered before because I've led with all my other losses. Mm. Um in a way I don't know if that helped me or not at that time, you know. Mm. I think everybody is different. Yeah. And I think in those circumstances you have to do whatever you feel is right for mm. you and it's going to help you. Mm. I'm not overly sure mm. that that was right for me at that point in time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm similar to you. I named one of the losses. I had a name for that baby. And I didn't, it's only been probably about six months ago after having counselling through light. I, taught, I said it out loud to somebody and obviously when I was pregnant before I'd lost that baby me and my partner had discussed the names we'd said the names out loud and then once that we lost that baby like that was it never got brought up or mentioned again and every subsequent pregnancy every time we talk about names any name that was ever mentioned for would not even be no that name's gone that's not a name we could use again and that was the one that other pregnancy we had talked about a name and I'd never said it out loud. It was in my head, but I'd never said it out loud to anybody. And um, I remember about six months ago in counselling, for some reason, I don't even know why, I just said to her, like, I need to tell you something. She was like, what? I was like, I need to tell you one of the babies that I lost. I need to tell you their name because I've never told anyone. And she said, okay, why? I, was like, I don't know. I need to tell you. And that was what, probably three, nearly four years since I lost that baby, that for some reason I needed to tell it. And now it feels quite, I don't know, like empowering to say that name. And I I think I couldn't say it at the time because I don't think it was necessarily what I needed. But now I think I needed it. Like now it feels important for me to remember that name and say that name and say it to other people mm. but it didn't for the first years it I couldn't it didn't even register to me that I should or could or anyone would want to hear it I think it took a lot of therapy for me to realize people actually want to hear what you want to say or how you feel or yeah but yeah but that's I think that's something that I've like reflected on now even four years down the line I'm like oh yeah, the naming thing, that's that's something. That's something that might help, it might not help. It might help 10 years down the line, might help in that moment, I don't know. 
but I think that letting people know that mm. it's okay if mm. they want to do that and that they can do yeah. that because mm. I think we live in a society still where people you know like I've said already mm. they sort of they expect you to sort of push things under the carpet mm. and pod on and you know just carry mm. on with things like normal giving it a lost mm. baby a name mm. does acknowledge the baby's existence yeah. um, and I think yeah, for some people, that that very well could be helpful. Mm. Mm. It is just about doing what is right for yeah. you. I wish that I would have been more aware of what was acceptable, what was okay, what I could and couldn't do, mm. because I just went along with everybody else and yeah. just thought, oh, okay, then so this yeah. is how it happens and mm. you don't get any help or any support mm -hmm. and you just expect it to get on with things. Yeah. But we offer grief counselling to people who have lost loved ones. Yeah. But there is yeah. no support offered to you if yeah. you have a miscarriage. And yes, there's a miscarriage association yeah. and, you know, and that's great. But it would be wonderful if when you went to hospital or your doctor mm. following a loss, they said, okay, yeah. this is who you can talk to. We yeah. understand this is hard. There's still not enough. No. It's great that there are things there now, but they're still the same as the majority of uh, female care and maternity care and reproductive care. There isn't enough money put into it. No. And we are just told to crack on and... You can't, you just can't, because mm. I know for me, I buried it all down, suppressed it, okay, on to the next baby, on to the next baby, and then I had a baby, and you know, in my head, well, I'm fine now, because I've got the thing that I desperately wanted, and then I got another surprise baby, so my second daughter was a big surprise, and I was so disconnected from that pregnancy, because again, I thought, well, I'm going to lose this baby, so I don't need to like think about having another baby because like I'm going to lose it and then I had the baby and then everything came back because I had these two beautiful wonderful children that is all I ever wanted not only did I get one I got two. Oh my god that's amazing I then thought oh well this is really hard and I'm not having a good time right now and I'm really depressed and anxious and scared and this is what I wanted Maybe I deserved all those losses. Maybe, you know, those people are going through loss and I'm sat here moaning about my beautiful children. And I gave myself a lot of negative, sort of treated myself really badly because of it. And I think I'd never dealt with the losses. All of that came back. All of it came up. The disconnection on my body, the self-hatred, you know, my body failed. All of that came back. And I just tried to suppress it. And it just, once it, once I had children, it bubbled over the top. There was no suppressing going on there. And it was, and I didn't know what was wrong with me. I thought, oh my God, I'm nuts. What's wrong with me? Why is this happening? But because of the lack of support, when I needed it, it all came out. Absolutely. Then. I really relate to that. I think that after I had Josie, I didn't see it myself. Hmm. And it took other people to come to me and say, you know, we think you might need to talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not perhaps quite managing as, as well as you should. Even when I had to have Jowsify a C-section because mm. 
he was stubborn and he was stuck under my room. He was a very big baby. He mm-hmm. wouldn't turn. I couldn't turn him mm-hmm. he, because he was stuck under my room. Mm. Um, and even when I was going into theatre, I still couldn't see past that, that second, that minute. Mm-hmm. I still couldn't see the, the baby coming out the other end of me taking home a baby. Yeah. And when that happened, I think I was just so overwhelmed and in such a state of shock. Yeah. Because at no point during my pregnancy did I allow myself even two minutes to think yes. I'm getting a baby at the end of this. Yes. And I was not mentally or emotionally prepared no. for it at all. Yeah. I was very physically after I Joseph. Mm. I was in hospital for five days. I couldn't couldn't care for him his dad had to do everything so i missed out on bonding with him mm. in those really important early mm. minutes and hours and days mm. um and i think that all like you it all comes it all just comes out doesn't it yeah it, does. it brings everything back mm. you do feel that mm. your body's failed you and you do question mm. why and then you feel guilty because then you have got this baby yeah. that you've longed for but you're feeling like this yeah. and thinking about your other babies and you yeah. should be focusing on the now with this baby and yeah i feel there's so much of it that comes from certainly what we ourselves perceive as the expectations of society mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know that you should feel a certain way yeah you know, you should be grateful. Yeah. I'm very grateful for Joseph. My body did give me Joseph yeah. in the end. Mm. But I went through a lot to get there. Absolutely. Like you did. Absolutely. Um, something that I... There's so many things I want to talk about. Something I really want to talk about is... Was there any comments or questions or, or anything ever made to you that you found helpful or you found really unhelpful during that time? Um... When I was pregnant, when I'd had... When I'm and any, any of that time, anything that sticks in your mind, someone might have said to you that you were like, mm. that's probably the worst thing you could have said, or that was great, I am so happy they said that to me. When I had my third loss, mm-hmm. um, I'd started bleeding when um, I was at a friend's house, I was due to go to work mm. early the next day. I, and I remember laying awake that night, my friend let me stay at house, and I remember thinking, consciously, please stay with me, yeah. please stay with me. And I went to hospital, and a nurse said to me, you know, because they have to take your bloods mm-hmm. and things, don't they? And I'm needle phobic, and I have mm. been for a long time. Mm. And she said to me, well, you'll be no good if you get this far along. She was heavily pregnant. Right. Um, oh, and then God. the following, I was sent home, and later on that day, I went to mum and dad's house, and my dad sat me down and he said, you do realise you're losing this baby, don't you? Mm. You know, these things stay with you. Yeah. Um. After my fourth loss, a lady that I worked with, and I got on really well with her, she's quite a bit older than me, Um. Simon had gone into work to tell them what had happened mm. and that I, I wouldn't be able to come into to, to work for quite a while. Um, and this lady, she turned up on my doorstep two days later with a basket of flowers. Mm. And I was gobsmacked because yeah. it, to me, that was acknowledgement of my yeah. loss and what I was feeling and that yeah. 
you know, it's something you do for people when they're grieving. Yeah. And it was so nice. That's the mm. first time that anybody has ever acknowledged mm -hmm. what I might be experiencing. Absolutely, yeah. And, yeah. you know, and she said, I know how you feel. She said, I've lost babies. Oh. And I just yeah. thought, you know, yeah. I didn't know at that point in my life. I didn't know anybody else had lost yeah. babies. There was nobody in my family yeah. or in my circle. You feel so alone, don't you? Yeah. I had... I was probably the first out of my friendship group that was sort of actively trying to get pregnant. I was the first one to have children, but I didn't know my sort of the few people I did know that had children that were similar age to me had got pregnant first try and had their baby. I didn't know anybody. It's not until I started talking to people as I've got a bit older and, and then I went on to have my children that now I know of people. And I think my like friendship group is now a lot more mums. Uh, whereas when I was going through those losses, I knew younger people and no one else had kids. So I felt really alone. And I remember the least helpful thing someone said to me who was a family member. And she is lovely and a lovely person. And we are so close. And I know this absolutely haunts her still. Is when we they knew we were pregnant and when we rang to say on the second loss, we've, we've been for a scan and there's no heartbeat. And she said, and I could see, we were on FaceTime, I could see the look on their faces. They, her and her husband wanted to put that phone down. They wanted to run mm. away, like, <gasps> you know, like, this is too much. We might say the wrong thing. We might catch something off you. It's negative. It's scary. It's, we want to get that, uh, get off that phone right away. And so she said, well, at least you can try again. And I thought this is a bit of a trigger warning before I say this, and I'm sorry if this is difficult for anyone to hear, but I thought, I'm carrying a dead baby inside of me, and you're telling me I can try again? Like, that just really hurt me. And then her partner said, well, well, we'll leave you to it then, bye. Hung up. And I felt so hurt. And that couple, that fam those family members were so close to me and my husband. Of all the people you would think, it was them that were gonna be there, our support. They'd had a baby, first try, pregnant, lovely, beautiful baby. And it was so hard to hear that. And then that family member, she rang me the next day and said, I've been up all night. I shouldn't have said that to you. I never said anything to her. She said, I shouldn't have said, or you can try again. And I'm so sorry I said that. And I, just, and I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to take it. I, the, the usual part of me wanted to say, it's okay. But it wasn't okay. No. But then I think maybe, you know, before I had any of my losses, maybe I'd have said that. She wasn't trying to hurt me. No. But until you've done it, you don't know. No, you don't. And I think people want to try to be helpful, but at the same time, yeah. people do not know what to say. And they feel yeah. that if they don't say anything, that's also the wrong thing. Yeah. The best thing was one of my really good friends, and we've become so close actually now, she, coincidentally, we lost our first babies the same day. Neither of us knew each other were pregnant. Wow. We were working together and she said, text me, I'm gonna have to leave work early today. Can you cover something for me? I said, yeah, that's fine, are you okay? She said, yeah, I need to go to the hospital. I said, is everything all right? And she sent me a positive pregnancy test. And then she said, but I'm losing the baby. And that was the same day I lost my first baby. And I said, this is happening to me too. And then I remember that night we met up and it was, that really bonded us. Um, 
And then when I went on to have more losses, she did go on to have another baby and, and a successful pregnancy then. And she was just there. She never really said anything. She'd just text me now and again and check in or she'd just come over. And she didn't really say anything. Not like in an awkward way, but she just was there. And she just kept saying like, that must be really hard. Like that must be so difficult to feel the way you're feeling. And she just really acknowledged me and didn't really say anything. But sometimes that's all you need. Yeah. And I always think about her, you know, when I'm in situations where I think this is difficult, like I need to be really sensitive. I think I'm like, what would she do? Like, that's what I think all the time. And like, just sometimes not saying anything and being like, I am here is enough. And that was like the best thing anyone did was just her being like, I'm here. Um, there's so much that we could talk about. Maybe we'll do a part two at some point as well. Because um, I know we've got a few others as well in the office that wanted to share their experiences. And we've all got quite different experiences. And I think it could be really useful to talk about like the physicality of actually going through a loss and what that can look like and what that might feel like and all of our different experiences. And, you know, like we'd never know about no. this miscarriage you know I didn't know what a DNC operation was that I know both of us have been through and maybe others are listening going what what is that yeah. but so I think we should do another another session and maybe have some more of us as well and talk about that um but definitely if anyone's listening and they're struggling like reach out there's the miscarriage association there's us here at light midwives GPs there are supports out there for you so you know if you can find someone to just talk to like it's it's hard it feels hard because it is is. thank you tina for sharing today thank you thank you thank you for listening to on a lighter note podcast brought to you by light a pre and postnatal peer support charity covering sheffield rotherham doncaster and the surrounding areas If you feel you'd like to learn more about light or any of the topics discussed in today's episode, please see the links in the episode description.